Hey there, my name is Dan. My name is Joshua, and, and we, we are, are the, the Unauthorized, Unauthorized Critics, Critics Circle. Circle. Now, Joshua, tell the listener what we do here at the UCC. With pleasure. Here at the UCC, we review theater with the normal bitcheries and qualms by watching the video recordings from questionable origins of various productions. This week, we are talking about the Actors Fund benefit performance of the Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. And the date for that was March 28th, 2005. I don't have a goddamn clue how to how you're going to find this video. You kind of just... I don't really know how we got our hands onto it. YouTube's Faith, probably not going to have this for you. Trust and pixie dust. Faith, um, trust, and pixie dust will get you this video. We mentioned this because while we review the show itself, we also talk about the specific performance we've seen. I think if some someone would give you this in a K hole, right? Oh, the internet is your friend, darling. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sort of stuck in it. We have like our little back and forth, and when you break from it, I sort of don't know where to go. I do not know where to go. <laughs> we can't do this right now. So, without further ado, the curtain is now rising. Topical joke. Oh, I'm supposed to go. <laughs> Uh, uh, vampires again on the podcast. Isn't that lovely? Please enjoy our discussion of the Actors Fund Benefit performance of Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. A note before we start. Ooh, hello. We have to give the audience a little note before we start here. Okay, well, go uh, ahead. Yes, Joshi, tell them what happened. Uh, we stopped doing the podcast randomly for like a few months and that's what happened it, it, it was life got tough it was not planned we're sorry we're back um this we, was recorded before the break yeah we recorded this a minute ago this was like the beginning of may maybe jesus uh, it actually might have been april if we're gonna be honest i don't know i could have sworn it was end of may or early june that's when we were in New York together. You didn't clock the... I want to move past it, probably in my own best interest. Um, I know, I know. This is old. We, as Dan said earlier, topical joke. Um, yeah, our topical jokes may not be topical. the most topical on this episode, but it is entertaining. It is worth listening to. This is a good episode. It's a good episode. Enjoy, folks. And I was watching this, and I just, one question kept going in my mind back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Forth and back? You forth and back, forth and back, forth and back, forth and back, forth and back. Jason Forbach? <laughs> the question that I kept asking is, mm -hmm. between the two of us... Who's who? Are you the succubus, or am I the succubus? Oh, 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 Daniel. If you, if you could understand how long I've been waiting on this podcast to be able to call you a succubus. Oh, this oh. is mean. Oh, this is podcast relieving. Podcast This is a over. weight podcast over. Ooh. Over. I'm it feels good. Up. It feels good to, to get this weight off my chest, you know? To be able to finally this is speak a low my truth. Blow. This is a low blow, and you know about blowing guys, and this is a low <laughs> blow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I just I just ooze homosexuality. <laughs> well, this podcast is only getting gayer. And that is exemplified I mean, yeah. by our selection of show today. <laughs> yeah, this um I'll let the I'll let the listener in. Uh, pretty last minute choice from like our standpoint. Uh, I think the turnaround from uh, decision to watch to recording this episode was like eighteen hours or something. Not even. Not even. <laughs> um, 
because I was waiting for you to respond. Like, is this okay? Yeah, that's fine. And so, yeah. What 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 um what the deal was uh we had a different episode sort of planned in uh which we will go forward one, with later which 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 we are rescheduling uh yes. and we are rescheduling it because uh the show is a it rather daunting one and deserves attention and we were there's like very, there's no uh, fucking that, way that we can give this episode what it truly deserves and so not the vampire we lesbians of Sodom doesn't deserve attention. It very much does, but it's um, <laughs> I don't know. The other one we had to do doesn't a whole demand lot of as much. It doesn't demand the other one the we same. had to do a whole lot of research, and that's all we will say. Uh, the vampire, the lesbians, vampire lesbians, lesbians of Sodom. Of Sodom. Uh, Dan, I just got a question yes. for you. Uh-huh. How the, how the fuck I'm did not this a come about? I'm not a lesbian. Oh, if that's, oh, yeah. You, I, I, I had no clue that you weren't attracted to women. <laughs> oh, I have my gold star. <laughs> what um? Why? What do you mean why? Vampire lesbians of Sodom, right? Mm-hmm. Why? What do you mean, why? Why are we talking about vampire lesbians of Sodom today? Explain. Oh, well, um, because Charles Bush is honestly one of my theatrical heroes. Fair. And the first play that he... Not the first play, but the first real piece that stuck a flag in the ground and became a hit was called Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. And it ran for five years off Broadway. Hmm. Yeah, ran for five I, years I, off Broadway. I, yeah, no, um, I a million percent buy that. Because at the time you would be listed in the newspaper and whatnot. It was such an outrageous name that all these people came to see it. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. So... <laughs> Sometimes a title can be all the advertisement you need. Well, and the following plays that he wrote, each of them had a very um, interesting title. You had Theodora, she bitch of Byzantium. You had <laughs> you had uh, Gijiko Psychotic, which became Beach Blanket Psycho. Dan, I uh, want you to list three more of these insane off-Broadway titles, but I want one of them to be invented, and I don't want you to tell me which one. Oh, specifically Charles Bush or just... Yeah, specifically Charles Bush. Specifically Charles Bush And listener, don't cheat because we're going to be playing this game together. Okay. Some of the others, I already mentioned Theodora, Queen Bitch of Byzantium. We have Queen Amarantha. We have Psycho Beach Party, I already mentioned. Red Scare on Sunset, and we also have Seven Dwarves or a Fun Time. <laughs> huh. Which one was made up? Those are actually all plausible. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The one that I would be least hurt about not being true, I guess, is Queen Amaranthia. <laughs> Queen Amarantha is a play. Shit. By Charles Bush, yeah. I'm hoping that the Red Scare on Sunday one is real. Red Scare on Sunset is real. Yeah. Well, see, I'm, 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 I'm approximating these names, but I'm getting close. And Red the- Scare on Sunset was about... <laughs> Red Scare on Sunset was about Huac and informing. Figured, yeah. And Charles Bush... Charles Bush informed on her husband because her husband was joining the actor's studio and the actor's studio was where they were creating communists. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what was the one just before it? Beach? Oh, Beach Blanket Psycho. Is that fake? No, that's real. There's a movie of that. Wait, so then which one's the fake one? Psycho Beach Party. Psycho That's Beach Party. That's what I was saying. Party. That's what I just Yeah, no. No, Seven Dwarves are a fun time I made up. Oh. Mm-hmm. But it sounds <laughs> like it could be real. Just for clarification's sake, I know it makes I know it has no grounding because it's fake. But the title. 
seven dwarfs or a fun time or seven dwarfs are a fun time or no. seven dwarves comma kind of yeah, like caroline that's, that, that's or what I, change that's what i pictured mm. that's what i pictured but the last time yeah. you said it i thought you were maybe saying seven dwarves are a fun time oh. or 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 okay i'm ready um so <laughs> welcome back to the unauthorized critics <laughs> all of this beforehand is being cut um and, <laughs> well <laughs> Welcome uh, to just like a wild fucking time of Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. What was your affiliation? You love Charles Bush. What else? Yeah, Charles Bush is one of my theatrical heroes. I've read most of his plays. Uh, And I'm trying to think of when he first... Do I have a favorite? Uh, I really do like the third story. That one had Kathleen Turner. Mm. Fun. Uh, Charles Bush, I'm trying to think of when I first, when he came into my... Room. Not room. Oh, okay. Um, when he came into my, um, my, 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 oh my, 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 I die every night with you, living for your every move, oh my, my, my. Oh my! You don't know that, do you? Nope. Troye Sivan. Troye Sivan. Yeah, yeah. I sang a pop song. Did I? Any name in the pop culture lexicon, or not pop culture? Any name in the celebrity lexicon that I would have expected to come up on the unauthorized critic circle? Troye Sivan was uh-huh. not up there. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that you knew songs that were made after 1965. <laughs> I didn't know that you knew songs. <laughs> Wait. So does your car like have a radio? Then like how? Does... <laughs> I have. I have the Sirius. It doesn't really leave the Broadway <laughs> Channel much, but right. sometimes. Sometimes it does. <laughs> well, and I listen to gay music. He writes bops about yeah, bottoming. Yeah, you know, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Own. That's fair. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah. According yeah, yeah, yeah. to him, he writes bops about bottoming. Um, so, so you, so are you a, a Lil Nas X aficionado then? I like Lil Nas X. I also like Lil Nas X. Yeah. Finally, something we can start bonding over. This is the groundwork for something. a good friendship. Something. Uh, so I <laughs> only am... took. Only took what a year and a half of a podcast. I think I learned about Charles Bush through Julie Halston, actually, because Seth Rudetsky had Julie Halston on his Obsessed series, and she told the story that she tells in this evening. And she, it's a Dear Ann Landers article about the dangers of mixing, I believe it's heroin and tanning someone. <laughs> Oh, what an incredible <laughs> fucking thing that was. Wow. We'll talk about I it. Was, oh, my God. I, I was in college, and I was showing it to everybody, and we would all end up on the floor crying, and it was just like, it's one of those things where you put on a Seth Rudetsky video on Playbill, and they start playing through all of them. And so then I researched Julie Halston, and then I went to the library, and I got a book of Charles Bush's plays and started to read them. It was like, oh, this is terrific. And what is also terrific about Charles Bush is how much of his material is, like, documented. Mm. Because the Divine Sister and the Divine Sister... And Judith of Bethulia were both radio broadcast by L.A. Theater Works. Mm-hmm. There are movies of uh, Psycho Beach Party, and there's also a movie of Die, Mommy, Die that is oh, yeah. terrific. Yeah, and so you're able to get a decent sense of who he is uh, in, in that some of the work is actually available to you to watch to me? and listen to to you yes yeah. uh, to watch and listen to and of course his first major play his first major hit was vampire lesbians of sodom and isn't it terrific that it has been documented here 
in such pristine quality too wow yeah well we should say that this was not strictly vampire lesbians of sodom it was an evening done in benefit of the actors fund and it was charles bush and julie halston on broadway and with the second uh, act that the legendary evening... title card ripping off that one broadway poster that i'm forgetting Yes, yes, yes. It's ripping off the poster of Red, Hot, and Blue, where Ethel Merman, Bob Hope, and... Uh, why am I forgetting the third name? Three people wow. were... So we yeah. see who really got the uh-huh. highest billing then? Yeah, I think it's Phil... It's not Phil Silvers. Oh, God. Why am I blanking? Why am I blanking? No, I don't want Red Hot and Blue Leesburg, a barbecue (laughs) restaurant. Wow, way to dox yourself. (laughs) No, it's just what Google brought up. I didn't dox myself. Jimmy Durante! You're the nose, I'm the great Durante! Okay, Sutton, relax. <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck! We're talking about her twice in a row! No, we can't schedule this episode. Oh, Jesus! Oh, oh Jesus! Oh, oh, God! Why? Why'd you do this oh, to us? Why? Ah, we'll get well, over it. Um... <laughs> At least there's one soprano did this not evening. Illuminate. Oh my god! Sutton literally Foster. did not illuminate Too to me. Bet. You know, Until Rebecca right Luker now. is also in this evening. Oh, so we'll Rebecca talk. Luker, we'll talk about all that. We'll t- we are unhinged Luker, today. We'll talk about this in a minute. Rebecca Luker could have taken some soprano tips from Sutton Foster. Oh, who is I'll kill clearly- you. Oh, I'll kill you. Don't even joke. Don't even joke. That's not funny. That's not funny. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Wow, take that back. Take that. Apologize. I would 100% support Julie Halston replacing Sutton Foster in The Music Man. I would be there in a second. I would pay Sutton Foster, Hugh Jackman, Music Man prices to see (laughs) Charles Bush and Julie Halston in The Music Man. And actually, Julie Halston is Harold Hill and Charles Bush is Mary in the Library. That's it. I have fixed it. <laughs> that is the Broadway revival of Music Man I'm interested in. That is the Broadway revival of Music Man everybody is interested in. Uh, where was I? Where was I? Oh, yes. Chaotic. At Chaos. the palace of the Duke Chaos. de <laughs> Oh, I should finish up how I... Um, so, I saw Julie Halston in Fairy Cakes. She was terrific. Mm. In the play. So I saw Charles Bush and <laughs> Confession of Lily Dare right before the pandemic. Mm. Uh, he had a new play, The Confession of Lily Dare, and it was a typical Charles Bush play. Uh, he was more serious, though, than normal. And I have to say, the entire audience seemed to be crying by the end. I mean, he's one hell of an actor. One hell of an actor who really knows how to project his acting. Um, it's not always based in realism, but it is always the truth. Hmm. And that was terrific. That was a terrific play. He was terrific in it. It was very moving. Um, and yeah, that was the first time I had seen him live. I came to Charles Bush late in life. And nice. he has a movie coming up. He has a movie coming up called The Sixth Reel. And I saw it at LA Outfest because they were streaming things for this year from LA Outfest. Uh, and it is about collectors who hoard tapes and movies rather than share them. Um, yeah. That's not anything we come across in this community. <laughs> I have no clue what you're, what you're possibly referencing to. Why would there be? Why why are you bringing up something about the hoarding of, um, limited access media, entertainment treasures? Yeah, yeah. Why why are you why are you talking about the restriction of that on a podcast about bootlegs and extremely open and? Well, I'm just saying it's a great movie and everyone has to everything. The sixth reel. It's a great movie. Everybody watch it when it comes out. 
Okay. What was your association with Charles Bush and Julie Halston? Nothing. So, let's get started with no, the episode. No, we have covered Julie Halston on this podcast. Why did we cover Julie Halston? I will sit here until you figure it out. Valid. No, you are Googling. I'm not Googling. Do not Google. I'm not Googling. Do not Google. I'm not Googling. Do not Wikipedia. I'm not Googling. Do not Wikipedia. I'm not wikipedia Sit here and go through gear. in your head the <laughs> shows that we have covered and where she popped up. I'm Googling. No Googling. I did Google. I'm sorry. Oh, I wouldn't remember that. Um, okay, I'll take a guess just off the top of my head. Um, would we have seen her in uh, the rink? No. Okay, so maybe it was, uh, I don't know, Miss Cratchit and Electra in the Sam Mendes revival of Gypsy? You googled. Okay, if that wasn't it. Um, that is a fun it. home. That is it. She, she was not a, in fun She played home. Medium Allison. She should have been in fun home. Joan, 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 Joan. <laughs> Hi, Joan. Don't wake up, Joan. I figured she was playing a lesbian here. <laughs> I thought it'd be in purview. <laughs> Don't wake up, Joan. Oh my god, last night. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Last night. Okay, let's move on. Uh, complete chaos. Uh, so, why don't we start? This is... There's not going to be a structure to this episode. This is an event performance. These things happen on well, Broadway let's... every so often. A Broadway house... Well, I don't know how the procedure actually goes... A Broadway house sort of donates its space for a night. They put on mm-hmm. some show with a couple actors and a whole bunch of with a, with a whole bunch of celebrity actors and some musicians, and they just sort of slap it together. And it's a fundraiser for. Uh, sometimes it's the actors' fund. Sometimes it's Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Sometimes uh, Disney just why wants did, their hand in the. Why pot. did AIDS have vibrato? Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Wait, I, what was that? What I was thought the, I, it, I had to give it. AIDS needs vibrato. I had to give vibrato it vibrato for AIDS. Is that due. your charity? I had to give it the respect it's due. Listen, these these performances, some some th- these events are wide ranging. Sometimes it's uh, Broadway backwards. Sometimes it's the Easter Bonnet competition. Sometimes it's Broadway Bears. Uh, sometimes it's vampire lesbians of Sodom. Sometimes it's just vampire lesbians of Sodom. This was kind of. It's interesting because another thing that like often happens are these like anniversary reunion concerts, like the Spring Awakening one that just happened, and mm-hmm. you know like these. Two, like, I was gonna list others, but all of them blank my mind, other than like Tommy. There was a reunion of Sunday in the Park with George. There was a oh reunion yeah the tenth anniversary the yes. Woods. There was a reunion of Passion. There was, there was a, a reunion, reunion of, of Assassins. Light in the Piazza. There was a reunion of the Assassins revival at Roundabout. Yes, mm-hmm. we have these reunions every now and then. And this is kind of interesting because it's sort of a reunion, um, but it's also accompanied with an hour of not new material but sort of like you know the first act is kind of its own variety show it is a variety show the thing is vampire lesbians of sodom is a short play oh yeah this was an hour long yeah it's an hour long play and it was when it was off broadway it was at a nightclub, basically, and then when they moved to a legitimate off-Broadway house, they put on other acts. I believe Limp Sinka got her start uh, doing a show after Vampire Lesbians of Sodom during, I believe, its second year. Mm-hmm. So they'd throw on other acts um, to go with the play. And that is keeping with that. We should talk about Charles Bush for a second. He is very much descended from the uh, Theater of the Ridiculous movement. Mm. And Theater of the Ridiculous was really founded by Ronald Tavell. Mm-hmm. Tell the audience who Ronald Tavell is. 
uh, Ronald Tavell is this very, I want to say illustrious, but he really wasn't very known outside of, you know, like the, the, the really small off, off Broadway movement. Mm. Um, he was a playwright and yeah, founder of the theater of the ridiculous and staged a whole bunch of really insane experimental theater in New York in the eighties and really accelerated that sort of, not the eighties, the seventies. Um, and sort of just accelerated that push of like abstract and weird ass New York theater that uh, would become so loved among that underground theater community. Uh Uh-huh. Also, um, stand-in paternal figure to Harvey Firestein, which is how I know all this information. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ronald Tavell kind of also birthed Charles Ludlum. Charles Ludlum had his own theater company, and he would oftentimes do plays in drag. They usually had some kind of old Hollywood inspiration to them. And that is really where Charles Bush got a lot of inspiration for his own ideas. Mm-hmm. And Charles Bush is very much, very much, very much um, heavily influenced by all the old MGM movies, all the old Paramount, all kinds of old movies. Well, what appears on TCM? What appears on sure. TCM? It usually ends up in his plays, and he usually is starring in his own plays in drag, although he doesn't always. Stephen Sondheim was a huge fan of Charles Bush's work. Hmm. Because of course he was a cinephile. Why and... didn't we get um? Why didn't we get Charles Bush as uh, Madame Rose then? It could still happen. I'm waiting. He was supposed to replace Bernadette Pino. <laughs> <laughs> Bush and Halston reunite. <laughs> so Charles Bush is really the person that we have active, who is the closest to theater of the ridiculous there are still some people from charles ludlum's company that produce and do work um but charles bush is a constant he puts on about a play a year Hmm. and has for years and years and years and it's terrific it's lovely nice so how do you want to attack this Let's just walk through it chronologically. Let's talk our way from the beginning to the end of the show. Sure. Um, we not? start this off, and it's ten buff men, which is the right way to start this, I think. Yes. The right um, way to start anything, I'd say. And uh, that, op- I, that opening number was interesting. It was well, none of their mics were working, so that was fun. Well, yeah, that's um, kind of a... I don't know. That's one of the common traits I find of these sort of one-off nights on Broadway. It's poor sound design. It's guess the show that's playing based on the set that's on right now. Um, it's are they going to spring for more than just a pianist? Um... Oh, I think they sprung for lots of pianists. Well, that's a different story. Here, interestingly enough, uh, there's an eight-piece band here. Ooh, eight? Yeah, they had eight musicians for some fundraiser. Cool, that's more than some Broadway shows. It's more than uh, a particular Broadway show uh, currently at the Nederlander. Um, But otherwise... It's a fun, charming way to start this off. You get the impression that, uh, oh, these are... We're, we're in for some yucks. We're in for some laughs. I don't know. The opening number sort of came and went for me. They went off tempo at one point, and I was like, oof. They 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 rushed. And I was like, let's see how they take us. Um, they did thank, at the end, a very forgiving music director in their own words. I, Charles Bush and Julie Holston sing. No one's going to accuse them of being vocalists, though. Sure, sure. I do think Charles Bush is very musical in his own way. The, I, I, the opening number was fine. It was, char- it was yeah, charming. It was charming enough. Um, but 
following that, we get um, stand-up comedy from both and truly fucking roll-on-the-floor kind of comedy, particularly mm-hmm. from Julie Halston, which, holy shit. Well, what a gifted comedian. Charles Bush's thing was more doing a character, and he was doing uh-huh. Cinderella oh, Cinderella from the vantage point of the stepmother, who's trying to do her best with him. Who's, who's also simultaneously in a 1920s noir. Who is, yes, it's not a 1920s noir. What he's doing is Mildred Pierce. He's 100% uh-huh. doing Mildred Pierce, and he's Joan Crawford, and Joan Crawford happens to be the evil stepmother, and... Cinderella is Vita from Mildred Pierce, pretty much. <laughs> what a hoot, huh? Yeah, you probably don't get any of the references this episode, do you? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Well, there were mm-hmm. some. There were a couple that I picked up on here and there, and I was like, ooh, I'm special. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. As we go out this, there's going to be... A lot of this episode is going to be, okay, so who was it doing this part? Okay, what, did, what, did, what were they joking about here? It's going to be a lot of that. You're going to be naming names and explaining jokes this episode. Oh, I just love that. You normally do. Yeah, but when I choose to annoy you with those informations, not when you're asking and you want to know. Oh, damn it. He's actually appreciating it now. This is hell. Yeah. Now how am I going to act out? (laughs) You can't be rebellious. This is too much in the pocket. (laughs) <laughs> whose pockets um is julie halston a big stand-up comic julie halston is a stand-up comic yes she's an actress and she's also a stand-up comic uh um, and part of her act that she's always done is she read wedding announcements that ran in the new york times that were ridiculous and part of her act uh, that she did today was she read a letter from Ann Landers to mm. Ann Landers. What was this letter? It was the most excellent story about taking, was it heroin? I believe it was heroin. Taking heroin, staying awake for over 50 hours. <laughs> and getting into a tanning salon and then taking four hours to write a one paragraph letter yes and i will never be able to do it justice but it's one of the single funniest performances in stand-up i've ever witnessed uh-huh and it's just she's reading someone's actual letter and isn't that terrific oh i love documentary she also talks about she replaced Jackie Hoffman in hairspray. And oh, she said oh, yeah. she, that was what she was doing at the time of this benefit. Yes, yes, and yes, yes, yes. Along with talking, uh, Bruce Falange it would have been, right? Mm-hmm. And she's talking about oh yeah, I, I, so much is being asked of me. I actually now have to look at the other actors in the scene. <laughs> that was that was the first moment in this show where I was like, Okay, I'm in for an awesome night. Yeah, yeah, I have to look at... And then she said, For 20 years, Charles and I, our version of acting is you put on a wig, you make a gesture, you say your line, and you walk off stage. <laughs> and that's absolutely what we got that in this video. That is absolutely what they do. It's absolutely what they do. And it works! And, and it, it works. works! It absolutely works. You put on a wig, you make a gesture, you say your line, you get off stage. If it ain't broke. Don't fix it. No. And it ain't broke. It ain't, it ain't broke. Anyways, and then Charles Bush with his character piece. Yes, we talked about the character piece. And then we had Brett Barrett come out and sing. Out of fucking nowhere and just croon. What a, what a voice, huh? What a peculiar uh, voice. A, a terrific voice. Um, a very powerful the, one. Was this in the middle of his phantom period? He sounded very phantom-y here. Was he in phantom? I never knew that. Uh, didn't he do it in Vegas? Uh, I'd buy that. Mm-hmm. I would totally I he, buy that. I thought he was yeah, one of the people did. that opened it in oh, Vegas. Oh, that was in 2006, so this would have been just before then, I believe. Oh, he was probably in rehearsals for that. <laughs> <laughs> he was and shaping he was himself this. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, 
sang terrifically. And then we had uh, a sketch. We had a little sketch moment. It was a debate for the presidency of the Manhattan Independent Cabaret Restaurant and Club that Association. Was a, which, which, which is a long title, so they, of course, truncated it to uh, My Crack. My Crack. And <laughs> Miriam and... Passman was played by Charles Bush. You can go on YouTube and watch a lot of Charles Bush's Miriam Passman. Um... <laughs> And she's the incumbent for president. And, of course, Julie Halston is... I forget Julie Halston's name, but we have terrific lines like Julie Halston saying, Miriam Passman's been at this job for too long. She's regressive. It's high time we feel the winds of change passing through my crack. <laughs> it's a terrific sketch. Oh, it's an incredible fucking scene. It is just it is a twenty. Mi- it is like ten minutes of all the jokes you would expect, and mm-hmm. delivered excellently. Yeah. This evening was really a highlight of, so of material that like. Didn't feel fresh, but felt so alive. You know, shows you that you don't need to. That you can you can stay rooted in the past. You can stay rooted in shtick. And still tear a house down. Shtick ain't dead, folks. Shtick is fun. You need some shtick every... You gotta get a gimmick. You got to get a gimmick. Mm -hmm. Or else. Uh, That was just a fantastic sketch. Afterward, we were treated to, I believe, a clip show? A clip show detailing the history of Julie Halston and Charles Bush together. The history... The history of their relationship. Uh, and then after that, Rebecca fucking Luker walks out. And I have to say, I'm, I'm still waiting for something to prove to me that Rebecca Luker was a fallible human being. Because like in every single thing I've ever seen Rebecca Luker do, she has appeared as a larger than life deity. She sounds terrific here. She's singing a current song. And then Brent Barrett joins her and they start doing an operetta medley. Until. When when, when was the last time we had operetta sung on Broadway? Probably this very night. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine. I would absolutely imagine. We don't have much operetta anymore. I don't think that anyone... Is running out for a revival of the student prince or the gypsy lover. The gypsy lover. And they're doing their operetta medley and Charles Bush comes out in his 60s gear and starts singing downtown. Until he's rudely cut off by Barrett and Luker. Um, And then they're both invaded by Julie Halston who's singing like a cowboy number or something. Who is singing Patsy Cline's Crazy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because they got their... <laughs> they got their wires crossed backstage. Charles thought they were doing a 1960s medley. Julie Halston thought they were doing a country-western medley. Brett Barrett and Rebecca Luker have decided they'd do an operetta medley. So, they try and do all four at the same time. It comes close to working. <laughs> it it was really um the first half of the thing really felt bookended by weirdness. I thought that opening number was weird. I thought that closing number was weird. I give them a lot of grace. It worked more than not worked. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I was like everything in the middle was solidly excellent material. Mm-hmm. That stand-up was spectacular. Those performances were spectacular. The sketch was hysterical. It was really it just... It's a great time. It's a great time. Mm-hmm. Inc- extremely entertaining. Yeah. Um, and then we are thrown into the classic hit, Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. Yes. 
what is what, what is do this you, style of what theater? is the moral of vampire lesbians <laughs> the moral of uh, <laughs> vampire lesbians of Sodom the moral is uh, don't dream it be it no uh, the moral the moral really is um, don't get on Mario Cantoni's bad side Mario Cantone not Cantoni I'm adding my own expression you way to show off how not italian you are hey what was that what was that uh, that was high in italian don't make me you want me to fucking you want me to fucking call some of my relatives and take care of you You better shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, uh, what did you think of it? What did you think the moral was? The moral of vampire lesbians of Sodom. Um, actresses are eternal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even when they're actors. So... Vampire Lesbians of Sodom is very much theater of the ridiculous. Absolutely. It's for no reason other than just to create absurd, absurd images. Uh-huh. Well, and the entire premise is that actresses are really vampires. Which, you know, I, and there's a whole nice prologue. political commentary. There's a whole prologue that gets into why actresses are really vampires. Um, and let's explain the plot in case the audience hasn't seen it. Take it away. You try. You try. Okay, Your Charles... idea, I would love to hear you, uh, what you had in mind. Charles Bush is offered up to the succubus. The succubus is a vampire. It turns out when the succubus goes to, um take charles bush's charles uh, bush again blood. is playing um a a young teenage uh virgin virgin mm-hmm. virgin because the succubus needs to feast on virgins um uh she sings a song uh which is a desperate plea for these ruggedly handsome young men to uh break her hymen yes because which is a blast. if she's not a virgin the succubus can't have her mm-hmm. yeah very Lovely man. I enjoyed that number. <laughs> Gonna watch it a couple more times? Probably not, but yeah, it was nice in the moment. Um, sure. So it turns out that when the succubus goes to drink Charles Bush's blood, uh, Charles Bush drinks some of the succubus's blood and becomes a vampire himself. Mm-hmm. Herself. Please, yeah. And the play, and the play is them going throughout the years as actresses. And we see like three different vignettes, right? It's just the three. Yeah, it really is just the three. Um, which one was your favorite? I liked the old Hollywood one. It's like the dawning of Hollywood. I think it's about Uh to be... It's supposed to be 1920s, and Julie Halston is very much in Norma Desmond gear, and she has a manservant, Max, who has a terrific hairdo, uh, very bushy, and... But most of the head... Most of his head is shaved, except for, like, a circle... That is very bushy. And will you shut up? Very bushy. Very bushy circle of hair. And of course the line is, this isn't hair on my head. This is nerve endings exposed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I just... I thought that had it fit Julie Halston and Charles Bush the most. Mm-hmm. 
And there's also some terrific lines. Uh, they're being hunted down. People realize that they are vampires. And, you know, they say to Julie Halston, you've been corrupting every virgin in Hollywood, she responds. Slim pickings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you had um, Teresa Aceves, um, who was playing this other minor role uh, in that scene. The, mm-hmm. that, uh, that middle one, the old Hollywood one. And mm-hmm. just like... One of the funniest performances we've maybe seen on the podcast. Honestly. And very campy. It's, this is intentional camp. And it's intentional camp done to the absolute height of its ability. I now have like a benchmark to work off. Uh Uh-huh. But Um, yeah, Teresa Aceves and Andy Halliday were both in that scene. They were in the original run of Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. I don't know if they were in the original cast, but at some point during those five years that it originally ran, they were both in the show. They were around. Yeah. They were part of the team. Mm Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, they absolutely fucking killed it. Um, and truly... Where I was watching that point and just thinking, okay, yeah, this is going to be the highlight of the night. And then uh, Mario Cantoni came on. Cantone! Cantone! Same diff. Same diff. Um, no. And no. just every syllable out of his fucking mouth. Its own independent pure gold. Mm-hmm. Why does this man not have an EGOT? Homophobia. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mario Cantone is a delight. I don't know if he has any. That's fucked. But fuck, that entire, se- that entire scene was hysterical. All of a sudden, Bruce Valanche comes out playing Bruce Valanche. And he's mm-hmm. Bruce Valanche, and you're like, okay... Of course, this works. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because the concept is they're making a TV special with Charles Bush in that scene. And mm-hmm. Bruce Valanche is writing this special. They fire Bruce Valanche. Stuff isn't even funny. And Bruce Valanche responds, you're not exactly Leah Delaria yourself. <laughs> Follows that up with, you're going to fire me? Who are you going to replace me with? Robert Goulet? But, um, Tiss. This is funny because this is very topical. Because this there are was the literal, revival. Yeah, there are, there are literal cast members in the company of Lacage on stage here. On stage is the chorus boys here. And, uh, and they Robert are. Goulet very infamously replaced. Uh, here, I'll let you tell the story. Robert Goulet replaced Daniel Davis. Davies in the revival of Lacage, um, things were not going well backstage and Daniel Davies was fired. They bring in Robert Goulet who just God Tries love him. Best. God love him. He tried. He he apparently sang well. Um but there's clips online you can see him singing uh, online. He he's saying it like a charm. He's saying Robert Goulet that was not the issue. is, of course, a dream. That was not the issue. He could not no, remember lines. No, it was lines. all the other stuff. He could not remember lines. It was and the other so, words. Yeah, I mean, he'd just stand there and say whatever. I mean, Gavin Creel was also in this revival, and he said it was like the most intense experiences I've ever had on stage, trying to help this guy who just could not find his lines. Um... But, I mean, lines like, you traitor, you Judas, came out. You traitor, you Buddhist. (laughs) I'll never forget that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, of course, Forbidden Broadway had a field day because, you know, song on the sand. I heard la da 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 as we walked on the sand. And they got Robert Goulet in the cush. I sing la da da da. No, no, and I can't remember the words. I sing la. Oh. 
<laughs> oh god. Oh, brutal, brutal. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the scene comes and goes and is hysterical, and they sing out of nowhere. Uh, what song was it? They sing "Maniac." It's Charles yes. Bush singing "Maniac" in like and an up tempo, yeah, like a, like a weird arrangement of it. It's a dance number, music number to "Maniac." She's a maniac, maniac on the floor. Um, and to hear Charles Bush sing "Maniac," that's something. That's it's about half based. sung, about half spoken. It's Which half works. sung, half spoken, and God, it's it's Danny Burstein singing Chandelier and Moulin Rouge levels. Oh yeah, of, oh yeah. This is happening, and you know what? Does it work? Absolutely not. Does it work? Absolutely yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> How oh. did we wade into these waters? But I'm glad we did. <laughs> and then following that. Uh, the show sort of wraps up. Yep. And that's about how that goes. And Why don't we talk audience... about the ladies of the hour, Julie Halston and Charles Bush? Oh, of course. Um, Julie Halston is sharp as a fucking razor. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so great to see... Like, like you can say some people... We've, we've talked about people here who are like theater machines, who people who have it just like in their DNA, who have it in their, you know, it, it, like, to the, to the tips of their fingers, just have this down to a science. But Julie Halston is the kind of performer who could sleepwalk through a show and get the audience to give her a standing ovation. Yes. Like, this is just automatic to her. This is just in her nature. It's in her nature. And you absolutely get that. You get, like, this is just such a natural, comedic Na brilliance. Sure. Natural. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna commentate or just mock my pronunciations? All of the above. So Julie <laughs> Halston. What's great about Julie Halston is she has a way of delivering a line where you think she is a grand dame and she's absolutely selling it, and you know she's going to drop it at some point and just completely drop back into the Long Island shtick, and you're just waiting for it to happen, and the. <laughs> The Grand Dame to Long Island that constantly is fighting to win in her performances is just comedic gold. It's, you know what it is? It's, it's the kind of, it's like the absolute glittering diamond of low class comedy. Yes. That's what it is. She, mm -hmm. she is like the, she's like the aristocrat of low class comedy. Um, sure. And... That is, that, I think that's probably what has made her such a, like, favorite figure in this aspect of theater, right? Like, someone who represents that so perfectly. Um, There's a famous yeah, I, story. Julie mm -hmm. Halston was not in the original cast of Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. The person that they had could only do it for two weeks, and then they were extended, and they never expected to run past the two weeks. But they extended, they called around, called around, couldn't find anybody, couldn't find anybody, and they thought, you know, there's that pathetic actress who's not any good. <laughs> the one who, who kept really fucking hate. hounding over... Bill Irwin. Bill Irwin. Mm -hmm. Well, she was hounding several people, including Charles Bush, and he thought, oh, she's just so pathetic. But they couldn't find anybody else, so they called her, and they were rehearsing, and it was not going good at all. <laughs> and about halfway through the first day, she turned to them, and she said, look, I know I'm terrible. I am not good at rehearsal." This is not going well. You know this isn't going well. I know this isn't going well. But I promise you, you put me in a wig in front of a room of gay men, and I glow! And glow she does. And glow she does. And they said they got to the first performance, and she was put in front of the room of gay men, and all of a sudden, this brand new person they had never met walks out on stage, and they're like, oh my god, this is actually working somehow. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad for her. 
Well, she was, she had a, over the pandemic, she had a digital show, Virtual Halston, where she interviewed people. Mm. And it, it was really mm. terrific. Go back and watch it. I wish she still did it, at least occasionally, but she's not. Um, she has an interview with Nathan Lane that's really terrific. And hmm. there's all kinds of guests that she has on. She had on Santino Fontana. Of course, she was in the Tootsie. And <laughs> Santino Fontana was kind of like, yeah, I wasn't... I saw you in rehearsal. And I wasn't expecting on stage what you would be like. And it was just kind of the same thing she had to say. I suck in rehearsal. I always have sucked in rehearsal. I'm telling you, put me in front of a room full of gay men and I glow! It's, you gotta trust her, but you will. Mm-hmm. You gotta trust her, but you will. Um, and then Bush. Charles Bush. What do you think of Charles Bush? Oh, I thought he was so funny. So, so, so brilliant. It's, and I think showcases how captivating, um, the, the essence of drag performance is, you know, Mm -hmm. there's something that just lifts you up. Something that just makes you transcend like the earthly plane of human expression. Yes. And just lets you completely steal the eyes of every single person in the room. Charles Bush is a way of delivering a line. And Does he ever? He talks and he'll just be talking. I don't even know what it is, but he just has a way of pronouncing certain words. And it's the most fucking funniest thing you will ever hear in your life. Um, it will... There's a line from Die, Mommy, Die. Who are you, Tony Parker? You've slipped into my life like a, like vermouth into a glass of gin. Quickly and just a bit too smoothly. And it's just... I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't even know what it is that he's doing. But it's genius. And you can give him the most inane line of dialogue. He will figure out how to have the audiences in stitches. Yeah. It's just more theatrical prowess. You, you you get the sense that these are just completely... These people are in their element, and they have this down to a knack, and they are just... Their blood bleeds theater. Mm-hmm. Blood bleeds theater. You know something that will stick in my mind? They're in the old Hollywood scene, and they're getting hunted down, and this woman pulls out a crucifix, and yes. just to see Julie Halston and Charles Bush and the way they physically manifest convulsing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to watch it. It's truly insane what they're doing with their bodies. And just like, how do you even they're get to that? They're just shaking and itching arrive? and grinding and it's, groaning. And yes! Yes, and it is so demented. Everything about their performances is so demented, and you don't know how they get to it. And demented—that's the they perfect get there. word. Yeah. That is the perfect word to remember when we were doing like explain this in one word, summarize your feelings in a word. Mm-hmm. Demented is the word. Demented. They are absolutely demented in the best possible way. Oh, absolutely goes without saying. It is demented brilliance. Uh, you know, uh, another thing that just hammers home. Oh, isn't this terrifically camp? The scene with Mario Cantone that you loved. Mm-hmm. Every time someone exits the stage, they kick their left leg out back and smile to the audience. <laughs> Every person <laughs> as they exit just does a little cheese to the audience <laughs> as they are leaving the stage. And it just its the same for every single person. And that's... <laughs> It's just the perfect cherry on top. Also, when Bruce Valanche goes to lead the stage, he does the kick, and then he's walking off stage, and as he's walking off stage, he grabs one of the chorus boys and drags him off. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... It's so well done. So many different layers of ridiculous. And it's theater of the ridiculous, so that's a good thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, there. Th- this is 
a great representation of how bizarre theater can be. Mm-hmm. Oh, Did you it. enjoy this? I had a, I had a, I had a hysterical time. Yeah, it, it really is hysterical. And how terrific that we can talk about something like vampire lesbians in Sodom. Yeah, God, bootlegs are fucking weird, man. This one in particular, this is like, like this is the kind of thing that we're. I don't even know a million percent why we're talking about it on the podcast because this totally feels like the video that we should not like publicly announce we have access to. <laughs> like I don't know how this ha- happens into one hand. It happens into one's hand. It's a like archive video with two cameras with soundboard audio, like a full pro shot. Mm-hmm. I think it was made for B roll. Uh, to advertise that the event sure. had happened, and it just leaked, and we don't know why it leaked, but we're glad that it leaked. Well, they they, they preserve all these things for archive. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know I know of a few reunion specials that had their things recorded for archive. Not even just this Spring Awakening Wait. one that was recorded by HBO, but like you know, like things who preserve these moments to be able to put them in their stock or whatever and well this was for actors fund right yes and that makes it honestly less surprising because you think about actors fund the uh chess concert they did got leaked the hair concert they did got leaked rupaul's in that hair concert and he sings my conviction and that song has about 150 words and rupaul remembers a good 25 of them (laughs) oh no yeah if you watch it he's not on the album (laughs) they went to make an album of the concert all of a sudden rupaul is not on the album charles bush shows up in rupaul's place uh, oh, but yeah, boy. RuPaul sits there. I would just like to say that it is my conviction. Oh. But yeah, but yeah, it's a uh, poor sound mixing, which is more due to the venue than the this. But otherwise, it's a pro shot video, crystal yeah. quality. Some good bonus features too, if you got the fucking DVD for it. Mm-hmm. Um. It's an A plus. It's an A with sound mixing, but sound mixing aside, which is probably more the event than the video, it's A plus. Yeah, it's an A plus. Yeah. Um, I'm astounded that we were able to record an episode of Vampire Lesbians of Sodom in which we have been recording it for longer than the duration of the show. I don't know how much gets cut here. I think maybe 10 minutes max. We're at an hour 16 right now, listeners. I think this so is probably a tight 55 at the end. Of yeah, that's possible. That's possible. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's a nice palate cleanser. We hope that you're able to find this, and we hope that you do watch it. it like, it, even if you, this means just you going on YouTube and looking up Vampire Lesbians of Sodom and just seeing what this show is... Expand your horizons a little bit. Explore some abstract theater. Go into some theater of the ridiculous. Give it a shot. You're not you're not gonna die. You'll be fine. It's just some mm-hmm. theater. <laughs> well, and we, it is good that we can cover different types of theater, different movements. Yeah. Um. Real, just a real blast. A real blast. Happy mm-hmm. to have uh, to have been able to watch this. And keeping with the theme of this is a totally current episode and we totally didn't patch this shit up at the last minute. It's us, Josh and Dan from April or whatever the fuck this was. 2022. Okay, well, 2022, (laughs) it is 2022. That much I can swear. Okay. Yeah, I think. Um, I'm still wearing a mask to the theater. You know, we're still here. We're still here. Look no, 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 no. Don't here. give them the false hope. Don't give them false hope. We're not talking okay. about... Our next episode okay. is not Follies. Okay, don't give them the false hope that our actual intro was... Well... Hey, Dan, what are we talking about next we're week? we're not doing... Yeah, it, it's not... Explain why. Uh, You remember how we took a break from the podcast... 
Uh-huh. Can you imagine coming back from not having gone through the rhythm of recording this show for like four or five months and jumping back into it with motherfucking mother courage? In German. In German. It, it, with subtitles. Like a full-on German production of Mutter Courage. I don't have the accent pre- down. Mutter Courage und ich Kinder. It it nerves me. Uh, that I've you been have practicing the accent. I, I've been practicing my German. So, Ooh, that's tricky. Um, I am Jewish. Yeah, that's why so, we're that both kind of Jewish. German. We are all Austrian. <laughs> um, <laughs> folks, we're talking about dogfight next week. I've never seen dogfight. I've actually never seen any of Pasek and Paul's work post Dear Evan Hansen, so I'm excited to hear what everyone's been talking about. Dogfight. It's Pesach and Paul, and it'll be fun to talk about them when they're not working for Disney or whoever. Fox. Writing the Universal. writing the the the, the, um, the pop ballad power anthem writing the new song for aladdin i'm stronger here i am i'm here this is me i feel the rhythm let's go i am unbreakable yeah you cannot shatter me hear me roar are those all songs i i I, I would believe i I think we just read the track list of the greatest showman well well i feel like that that's the entire score right Kind of, but it has like the. I kept hearing boom, that over boom, and over boom, boom. in the background. Oh, you do that. You do that. Yeah. I'll keep boom, keep doing that. Um. There's the score. There's the entire yeah, score. That's pretty much it. Uh, they don't do that in. for dog fights, so tune in, and we'll talk about what they do do. Tune in in a couple weeks when we are talking about Dogfight. Lindy Mendez, Derek Klenna, a bunch of other people. John Mantello, people with lovely sparring partner. John I did not know he was on the show. That's good to know. Cool. John Mantello, we'll see, we'll he was see the sparring you and John next partner. week. He was the sparring partner of who? Of the Dogfight. <laughs> Great. Sounds good. Uh, we'll see you then, folks. See ya. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the episode, rate us, review us, and subscribe to us on your platform of choice. And if you have any recommendations, questions, or virtual flowers to send our way, email us at unccpodcast at gmail.com. The Unauthorized Critics Circle Podcast is unauthorized. The podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. And all names, pictures, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyright of the respective trademark and copyright holders. The Unauthorized Critics Circle cannot help the listener locate or distribute the recordings discussed herein.